Welcome to the Open Bedroom Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Kalo. Welcome to conversations about open relationships, online dating, conscious uncoupling, and creating the relationship that truly aligns for you. If you enjoy this podcast, I hope that you do a couple things for us. Would you subscribe? Would you write a review? Maybe share us with your friends. And if you extra, extra like us, there's a link in the show notes here for my Patreon that does help pay for the creation of this podcast. And lastly, follow us on The Open Bedroom. We are on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, I'd love to tell you about my Patreon account. So as many of you know, as things become more and more censored, it's harder for content creators like us to stay live on these amazing platforms like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. So what I've done is our spicier content now lives over on Patreon. We currently have some really fun episodes up, like how to give amazing blowjobs. I also just recorded and uploaded my night in a dungeon with a dominatrix. What can you expect? Weekly episodes and weekly content, some of it being sex ed, some of it being story and erotic telling, like I just did with my night in the dungeon, some of it being more podcasting where we have a guest on. So for an entry price right now of $5 per month, you can hop into my Patreon account and check it out. Check the show notes below for more information. Hope to see you there. Bye. Hey guys, welcome back. Today I have our friend Jake Voss back on. If you remember Jake, Jake was episode 76, Decoding the Dating Mystery, which is in the top 10 of, I don't know, 86, 87, 88, almost 90 podcasts. This one is in the top 10. And you guys loved Jake. So we've had a ton of views and and watches of different videograms and the podcast over on YouTube, lots as well within our podcast platforms. And today, Jake and I are coming to you at a little bit of a different angle. Like we were just talking before we hit record and we're both in very different places in our life than we were even when we recorded that one. We're settled. We have primary partners. We're feeling very grounded. So today's conversation is called Feeling Grounded in Partnership, and it's going to be a very different conversation than we had teaching men how to even fill out a dating profile, which is awesome. And if that's where you're at in your life, I'll make sure and link in the notes below. Go see episode 76 about dating with Jake. It was a very special episode just for the men. Women, you can also listen if you want, but it was geared towards men. So Jake, for those of you know, listening or watching that don't know who you are, would you do a little intro and then we'll just jump right in? Yeah. Um, well, thank you to you and all the listeners who um, put it in that top 10. That's pretty awesome. Uh, hopefully it resonated and and uh, made some sense. So uh, who am I? Um, uh, I? I live in the Seattle Tacoma area. Um, I'm a, a divorced father of two. Um busy professional, work in the education space. And I've just um, had a lot of life experience. I'm, I'm passionate about people and relationships. And uh, it's kind of led me to this place. I have uh, my partner in life now, and uh, she's a big fan of you, Jen. And uh, her name is Lisa. And um, so, yeah, 
that's that's who I am and uh, let's get to it. And I feel like one piece that you missed of who you are is Jake is a men's fashion consultant. So if you go back to episode 76, we did several pieces of you on like how to put an outfit together. And it was of course, date night focused, but that's kind of a big thing. So if you're struggling and you're listening and you're a man and you're like, I have no clothing game and I need some help, reach out to Jake. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you for saying that. And I feel silly missing that, but yes, uh, that, that fashion consulting piece, men or women, uh, happy to help try to give you my goal is to sort of give you uh, a sense of what works for you so that you can then take it and run with it and have fun. And you don't need someone holding your hand as you figure out your style and your brand. Uh, but definitely uh, step up your game because if we look good, we feel good. And if we feel good, it resonates with others. And we attract others. Today, as I was getting ready, I was like, accessorizing. I don't think you can see. I got a little belt going on. I got a hat, <laughs> got these earrings. I was yes. like, Jake's going to be grading my fashion <laughs> today. That's right. I got my checkbook right here. <laughs> Hopefully I passed. All right. <laughs> so feeling grounded in partnership. And when I think about the feeling of grounded, you're embodied, you're feeling your body, you're feeling your feelings, and things feel calm. It feels really good to feel grounded in your life, in your relationship with your person. And so let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, getting caught up, it's interesting. uh, For me, it was coming back to the person I had been with for a long time. But I had taken this time to rediscover myself. So in the in our first episode, talking about that that work around who am I and what is it that I want, uh, that was a good exercise for me to take myself back through. And it led me back to the person and that I had fell in love with and am in love with. And it is fascinating because I, it was like I had lost touch with who I am and what mattered to me. And I got caught up in something of like uh, maybe some superficial wants or needs or some, um, uh, you know, external sort of expectations. And when I got grounded with me, I was able to see her again and realize that, wait a minute, she is my person. And so we started uh, dating again and reconnecting in that way. And we found ourselves uh, in this really wonderful place uh, that we are now. Congratulations. Yes. I think a lot of people look their entire lives to feel what you're feeling right now. Yeah, I would agree. And, and, you know, I think that that's hopefully part of what we'll be able to um, convey in our message today is like, if you're paying attention to yourself and and what feels good and understanding what this person provides to you, you know, getting clarity on that. Why do you love them? Why do you care about them? Why are they that person for you? Especially if you're on the, on the front end side of like, I don't know if they're my person or not. Mm -hmm. And so Um, Yeah, just feeling that and feeling grounded in that is amazing. You know, I like to kind of step things out 
I like a guide. I want the playbook. Like, tell me the rules so that I know how to follow. And I think a lot of things in life are replicable. They're repeatable. And if we just do this, I mean, it's not like a magic pill and it doesn't work for everyone, but generally there are steps to follow. So if you were to look at where you were at episode 76, and now I think I just published episode 70, I mean, 87, like that's a lot in between. That's a lot of months of podcasts. Um, what was something that you did? Maybe like, what's a first step to finding your person? Like, there's a lot of people that I know that are on these dating apps and they're dating all these people. And like you just said, they're confused. They're like, I feel like I like this person, but I don't really know if they like me. And I'm afraid to tell them that I like them because then they might break up with me. Um, but I also want someone to commit to me. <laughs> so there's like yeah, yeah. all these feelings. What would you say is like the first step to like taking a little baby step towards finding a life partner? Yeah. It, so it, I think that it starts with a lot of self-reflection and you have to do kind of an inventory and make that be able to talk authentically and honestly with yourself around, is that what I want? Is that what I'm ready for? It's one thing to say, I want my partner. It's another thing to say that I'm ready to uh, move into that space because I know what I'm looking for in a partner. And I know what, um, you know, there, there there's compromise when, you know, if you're single and you're just dating and you're just doing whatever, you have no accountability really to anyone other than maybe being accountable to if you have a date, don't stand them up and don't ghost someone. But but outside of that, you're free to kind of come and go as you please. And if you get to that place where you're like, wait, I'm I think I'm liking this person or I'm hoping this person likes me in this way, you have to start then saying, OK, well, if I want to do this relationship right there, there's that first level of uh, deeper conversation or uh, uh, I guess um, accountability, maybe that idea that I'm going to reach out to them first. I'm going to prioritize them. I'm going to, um, you know, make it a point to let them know what's happening in my world uh, more, more so than I've done before. Um, and so I think that if you can first start there and say, okay, yeah, I want someone in my life that way. And I want to be somewhat accountable to them. Mm. Then, yes. Then you're ready to start that path. And you, and if you have someone that you've been considering, great, then do that inventory with yourself first. And if you're, if you're like, Oh, I don't think I'm ready for that. Then don't expect someone else to be ready for you. You know, you, you, the energy you put out is the energy you get back. So if you're putting out, if you're realizing that you're putting out energy that I'm just in a dating space, how can you really expect someone else to give energy to you of like, oh, they're ready to commit. And if you're waiting for them to say, I'm ready to commit, but you haven't given that kind of energy, you're not going to get the response you want. And you're going to be in this weird cycle of guessing games and who's doing what. Yeah. I, I wrote that down too. I was like, are you being who you want to attract? Yeah. And I think that's almost different than be really honest with yourself about what you want. 
And I feel like that's the step ahead of what we just said, right? Like if you come to a conclusion that says, I'm really not ready to settle, then just stop right there. Like, and keep dating. You're fine. But don't like try to force someone to, you know, then you're going to force something that you don't want. So I like that about just being really honest about what you want. And then if you don't want anything permanent, then don't go down the rest of this list. So the next step is what we just talked about. Are you being who you want to attract? Are you are you committing to other people? Are you being very clear in your communication about where you stand and what you want? I have a, this friend who seems to continue to attract men who are non-committal and they'll tell her, you are not my girlfriend. You're never going to be my girlfriend, but she keeps showing up like a girlfriend. Like, I don't want to life partner with you, but she keeps showing up like she's their life. Oh, they're going to get it one day. They're going to understand that we've been boyfriends and girlfriends this whole time. And they're like, no, we're not. Yeah. So believe what people tell you is, is another fact. Like people will tell you the truth. Listen to them, either listen to their actions like they don't make time for you. They don't text you back. They don't put you on their calendar. They don't respect you. They don't buy you dinner, whatever. Like look at what they're doing to see how committed they really are. Are they showing up as a partner or not? And the last part I have is reflect on who you're bringing in. Like take a moment and reflect. If you've gotten to the point where you're being who you want to be, then take another breath and look at who you're attracting. And are they the kind of people that want to be in committed relationships with, or are they the ones that are scared to death to commit? And they're telling you that, and you're, then you need to go, okay, I have a pattern. I keep doing this pattern of of bringing in the wrong people and then figure out why, like take a real hot minute and breathe and look into this. Is it words that you're saying? Is it the way you're noncommittal? Is it that, you know, something else, childhood wounding? Jake, I'm going to throw this back to you because I feel like you have something to say about this. Yeah, I, I'm shaking my head or nodding my head a lot because, yes, everything you're saying. And, and I like to think of it when I've coached other friends and whatnot is around, you know, you have to be able to stay in your own lane and you have to, there's a few things you have to be able to do and you have to be able to be honest about this in your head and and with the other people is if, for example, you say you're honest with yourself, I'm not ready to commit. And there's someone that you really like, but they are ready to commit. You might lose them because you're in different spaces. You have to be okay with that. It doesn't mean you couldn't circle back later, but you have to be willing to say, this is where I'm at and I'm okay with that. And if you're in a different place, then that's fine. I'm not going to modify myself prematurely. And, and then the flip side is if you're in a place of like, you're thinking this is something more, well, maybe they aren't. And if you continue to try to will it to happen, that's not going to be the case. That's not the relationship you want. You want that reciprocation of energy. And So either being able to say, okay, it's okay also to say I'm looking for commitment, but I'm willing to stay in this, this, you know, less committed space for a period of time and see what happens. But you have to understand you made that choice. You can't be then angry at them because they don't move as fast as you or they're moving faster than you are. So that's part of that 
checking in with yourself, understanding that they're going to make their own decisions. And you just have to be honest about the lane you're in. And it may cause you to miss out on some people, you know, back in the, the dating before Lisa, um, like way back before COVID, all of that, there was a number of women that I dated that were really cool and really amazing. And we had a great time, but I was very much in a space of I'm just dating. I'm not looking to move this forward at all. And they wanted something different. And, and it was a really powerful lesson to embrace my honesty and where my authenticity and hear theirs and say almost like, okay, fist bump, move along. And, and you just, you just know they're not intended to be your person because you're not aligned at that time. Right. Yeah. It's like, good luck, you know, (laughs) all the things. Like love you, baby girl. See you later. (laughs) I, you know, I hear, I've heard the same kind of story from Scott and I think both of you are very honorable men and Scott has told me I've had, you know, he's had this happen in multiple relationships where they're like, I want to marry you and have your babies. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, okay. That's not happening. Like yeah. I'm not in a place in my life. I'm in school. I'm trying to finish my degree. I'm whatever. Like you are not the one for me. And so he's been very, very conscientious to let the woman know. And it's interesting because, and I have a feeling that you're the same way. He has this interesting way, almost like women have this like timetable of fertility. He is very aware of women within their thirties that he's dated where he, he's like, okay, they want babies and I don't want babies. And so he's like, we need to move on because you only have this window to like, to create what you want in this family and in these babies. And like, I am not your guy. So I'm lovingly going to throw you back into the ocean and let you go find someone else. And I think that that's one of the greatest gifts that you can give someone is Absolutely. not stringing them along. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, there's, it's so hard to find someone. And that's the interesting thing is like, unfortunately, I think for most of us that the others is huge pool, but there's so few that we actually start to click with. And so when you meet someone, it, it, the, the fear of, well, are they the one and I'm missing out? Or if I let them go, am I going to be on this horrible dating mess again? Mm. And end up trying to, yeah, we end up co- trying to compromise ourselves, right? And learning to not do that and be okay, be settled with who we are, be grounded in who we are first will always lead you to that energy will be, uh, you'll attract the right energy. If you stay grounded in that and give room for it, you will find uh, those potential partners that have that same resonating vibe. Speaking of this, I have a question. Okay. Is there a way to speed this process along? I feel like there is. In other words, if we clearly, authentically communicate what we're looking for and where we're at in our life on our dating apps, surely that helps bring in really aligned people to where you're not six months down the road with someone going, I'm really feeling these feelings for you. And they're like, I just want to play around. Like, you know what I'm saying? Is there a way to fast track this? Yes, I, I think. But again, that that means you're saying, if you put on your dating app, this is what I'm looking for. 
and and don't make it too long because that that creates a mess. Just try to be as clear and concise as possible about this is essentially what I'm looking for. And then when you're dating, um, making sure that that it's okay. I I always drives me nuts the people that I talk to that have this sort of game they play with what they share and who shares first and and mm-hmm. all of that like you don't have to come out of the gate first date necessarily like i want this that and the next thing because that's a bit over over the top but but relatively early in the conversations if it feels like someone that's like oh there's potential here it's okay to say this is the direction i'm heading this is what i'm looking for and give them a chance to respond and give them a chance to process. And if that feels like they're in a similar space, then, okay, continue to move down that path and keep checking in with each other. Just because you decide doesn't mean that what you say, okay, great, let's start doing this. And it's a month in that that means that we're ready to be a year ahead. Like you have to keep checking in. You also have to be mindful that even as you start to get to know someone, you learn about each other. You, you know, what you say about yourself a week in versus a month in versus six months in is very different because you learn to trust the person. You learn mm-hmm. to feel safer revealing or sharing more. And that person will do the same. And so it, I think you can fast track if you continue to check in and you continue to be honest. And when there is something that doesn't feel right or feels like, I don't know if we're aligned, then have a conversation about it. And if you're not aligned, then great. Let's move on and enjoy the time we had. Or if it is aligned, then you just keep, it's like that snowball effect, right? It starts small. And if you keep checking in, you can really start to build something that feels more solid on both sides. And that's what I'm making number two. Keep people around. And I have found, as I've watched other people date, they are very quick to break up with people. They're very quick to move along. They're very quick to eventually, I mean, if you're in a smaller area like me, I mean, you're in Seattle and you have probably amazing tons of people to date. I'm in Northwest Arkansas. Like (laughs) the dating pool for someone that's open and in the lifestyle is pretty small and it's all interconnected. Like everyone has slept with each other. It's fascinating (laughs) and strange and also makes you realize that unless you're going to move somewhere else, like you have to learn how to dig in. Maybe that's what we should make number two, dig in, like keep people around. So before we hit record, Jake and I were talking about people that only want to date people that look like Barbie and Ken. And since the movie's coming out, we can just use that as like our perfect woman and perfect man mentality that people have, you know, in their thirties and forties still have a list of like, he has to be six two and have a six pack and make a lot of money. And like, <laughs> it's just is hilarious, especially after you've been married a few times and you're like, Oh, okay. Like we're all just normal. Right. I was saying like today's Ken who you want to actually marry probably like has a beard and a man bod and like doesn't go to the gym. Like be open to the possibility that the person that can be an amazing life partner with you doesn't look like Barbie and Ken. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, it's back to checking and being real about yourself. 
right? That authenticity of, you know, the realities of who you are and, and be okay with that and understand that. And then understand, you know, if, if there's someone out there that's looking for you to be Barbie, is that what you really want? Do you, are you, if they're looking for that, to me, that, that is a red flag. That's a bit of a shallow state of mind that they're looking for specific physical attributes. Yeah, we all have our interests and our desires and our things, and it's it's okay to have that. But um, if you're either one, so concerned about how they're going to view you, or two, you're looking for them to be this specific, you know, type of Ken doll, then you're probably missing out on the substance that you actually really want. Um, I had a, a friend of mine a few months back, she lives in a small town and was talking about who she was wanting and looking for and would hope would just sort of show up. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, I was like, well, if he did, would he want you? And she had to step back and think, Ooh, okay. I hear you. I don't know. Because that's that's the reality, right? It's like we see something and we think we want that or we think if they look this way, that somehow validates me. When that's wrong. You 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 shouldn't be looking for that person to validate who you are based on their appearance, if you will. Totally. So so anyway, that that part is really impactful. And then I also want to say when you were talking about, you know, um, digging in and being mindful of where you live and the people and the circle that you're that you're surrounded by, you know, if you rem if you work hard to be authentic and be honest and when we're having those conversations of uh, when we were talking about the snowball effect and if mm -hmm. you keep checking in and you realize or like I realized, you know, I was in a different place. Well, when it's a smaller social circle, if you will, maybe you end up aligning at a different point in time. And if mm -hmm. you've done a good job to be true to each other, you can find a safe place to realign versus they burned me and I have no longer have interest in them, right? Because we were too afraid or too immature to speak honestly about our place. We've manipulated that's not going to make someone want to circle back to you if they then find themselves in a different place. Yes. So let me ask you a question. Do you believe that people can learn? Okay, let me start with a, a statement and then I'll ask you that question. So Scott and I were talking about this the other day and I said, one of the people that I know that's dating only wants to date people that are kinky, like a specific type of kink. And so her pool, like where my pool is like this, her pool's like this, right? And so she's looking for this kind of person to be everything, but starting with he has to be kinky in this specific way and have a beard and a man bod and like and a dad bod and all like so her list is is pretty niche, right? And so I'm curious because Scott says what if she flipped that and just looked for a really good guy who may not be kinky, but would be open to learning about her kink and would be like, do you feel like people are teachable if you're specifically looking for something that 
you keep coming up dry because they're just not interested in a long-term relationship with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think we are. I, I, I think, again, it comes back to how are you communicating about yourself and your wants and your needs? Right. If you, if you're like, I'm not in the mode of wanting to teach someone, I want someone that comes to the table like, uh, prepackaged and ready to go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. You have to recognize that you're narrowing your pool considerably. Yeah. And it's going to take you a long time to find that. And if you find that person, they may not have other traits that you do like. And so, or they may have traits that you don't like, if you will. And so it yeah. could be like, great, they fit this mold for this need, but then there's other things that you don't like about them. And so are you willing to accept those things because you want this specifically and they come prepackaged that way? Or do you say, look, this is my ideal state. This is what I would like to evolve to with my person and then communicate that and see if there's someone that is like, wow, I hadn't thought about that. Or yes, I have that interest too, but I haven't had experience with it yet. I'd love to explore that with you. I'd mm -hmm. love to engage in that and develop it together. So being clear about, I want it right now. Great. But you're either going to have to go pay for it <laughs> or, or you're going to have to really uh, be on this fine line of searching for it. Yeah. Or Yes grow and and allow yourself to grow because just like someone can learn to like your kink if they're interested maybe they have a kink that you'll find interesting and so don't be so narrow-minded that you you only want this one thing and and miss all the other stuff that comes along and side note share your desires early because yeah. if you are secretly a dominatrix and your partner is like super vanilla. If this comes up six weeks or six months in, then he's like, what the fuck? And you're like, oh, well, I was afraid to tell you, but I really have to have this in order to be satisfied in the bedroom. Like you're going to have a problem. So I would, I would like kind of come out of the closet early and then use that as like, can they handle me? Like, can they handle this? Are they willing and open and curious to grow into what I want and need and desire? And, and and within that conversation, revisit it multiple times because just because you say it once doesn't mean that the other person fully understands what that means. Mm -hmm. And uh, and don't be afraid to just share. You know, I love that you said that. I love that you said this idea of like share your desires and share what your interests are. If that's not for them, then fine. You should know that in the first few dates rather than six months down the line. Because then you're either compromising yourself by removing that piece of you or you're compromising the relationship when you didn't need to go through all of that. Mm. All right. Do so we have a final point in how to feel grounded in partnership, how to say yes to someone that becomes a life partner We've talked about number one, self-reflection and inventory, taking stock of who you are and how you're showing up and who you're trying to attract. Number two, keeping people around, like really digging in, being open to people that don't look like your normal type. Three, sharing your desires and kinks and then revisiting that often. Do we have anything final to kind of wrap this up with a bow? Mm. 
I think what what comes to mind is uh, you know this idea of be curious uh, mm-hmm. and be mindful that each of you as an individual uh, will continue to grow and evolve and change. And so if in this process of discovery, uh, establishing room for uh, check-in discovery throughout, mm-hmm. you know, as you move along in this relationship and you learn that, um, you know, there's something I saw in a, I saw in porn or I saw on some movie or I saw somewhere and it, it like triggered a thought. I'm like, Oh wow, that's kind of fun. Like, do I have a space safe space with Lisa to be able to share this as something I've never talked about before, but all of a sudden it's a new curiosity mm-hmm. uh, or does she have a safe space with me? And so that idea with, as you continue to grow with someone, be mindful of, what do we want to establish as our communication practices as a relationship that evolves? If I have kinks or interests or something that I discover, do I feel safe or am I expected to just be who I was when I first met? And I'd like to add on to that, that keeping the evolution of not only yourself, but your relationship constantly evolving is going to help you because if you wait till 20 years in of your marriage and you're like, Hey, Bob, we've been married for 20 years. And I know I've never asked you to do anything new, but I'd really like to take up boating or, um, there's this thing called, I think it's called love is art where you like get a kit and you paint each other's bodies and there's a canvas and you roll around naked and then you can frame the canvas. Like if you brought that up 20 years in and you've done nothing, but like eat macaroni and cheese and fried chicken and watch, sit on a couch and watch TV. Like, can you imagine you're going to give your partner a heart attack and it's going to oh. be such a difficult conversation. So I just recorded, actually, we just had a podcast this week that you and I are recording is called Intentional Intimacy. If you want to go back and find it, I can't remember what number it is, 86, I think, Intentional Intimacy. We talk all about scheduling fun in your calendar, scheduling sex exploration dates, scheduling cock worship night, scheduling pussy worship night, scheduling just general date nights where you put your phones down and you do something fun and you look at each other in the eyeballs. Like this is the kind of thing that keeps the evolution happening. And I love that, that you're like, do some fun stuff together. Uh, Scott and I, this weekend, our June explore or sex exploration, we're going to a dungeon together. <laughs> I've never been to a dungeon. And I'm really excited. We have a friend who's teaching a class on sensual shibari and how to use the rope in a really sensual way. And she's like, the dungeon is open afterwards. If you want to stay and play. And I was like, I get to like take something off. But for us, it's normal. We, every month we're doing several things that are new and fun. And, um, this morning, here's a non-sexual thing. I get a newsletter every day of like, what's going on in Northwest Arkansas? And they, one of the things was about a chef. And he was like, I can come in your home and I can do private event. It doesn't have to be super expensive. I can make you fried chicken. I can make a 15 course meal. Like you just decide. And I can come in and do cooking shows for you and your family and your kids. 
And I was like, oh my God, how fun. Because we've been trying to figure out what do we do with the kids this summer? And my oldest loves to cook, especially Japanese food. So send him an email. I'm like, can I hire you twice? One, can you come and like teach us how to make some cool Japanese meals? My kids would love this. Two, can you come and at my partner, Scott, and our girlfriend, I would love to hire you to do like, you know how they do like the the dark dinners where like you're blindfolded, but you have a whole sensory experience. I was like, can you come do that at the house? That would be amazing. And I can wear lingerie and we can make it all sexy. So be looking out for what are fun experiences that you can have as a couple and add that into your calendar. Stay curious. Yeah. Well, and let me, uh, let me just also say that in everything that you're sharing right there, part of what's wonderful about that is this magic that, it takes away the weight of this event has to be everything. So mm-hmm. when you're doing a regular occurrence of discovery, whether it's we're going to try new foods, we're going to uh, we're going to go learn a new thing, or we're going to uh, play in a different way together. Uh, if you get into a regular sort of cadence of those sorts of mindsets. It no longer becomes about, oh, well, we tried that food and uh, that wasn't a great meal. Oh, well, we're going to go eat again soon or we're going to go do something else. And you can laugh about it and put it aside and be like, okay, we did that. Now we can move on versus like, oh, man, we haven't gone out in years and and we tried something and it didn't work. So I guess we shouldn't go out again for a long time. No, that's not the point Mm -hmm. is have fun, laugh with each other. And that's, you know, it's your best friend is your primary partner is your your person. And if you can learn to have fun with them and laugh at each other, uh, it it colors your world in such a brilliant way. I love that. In and out of the bedroom, right? Yes, absolutely. You, you create this safety, which is like we're talking about feeling grounded in partnership. You want to feel safe in and out of the bedroom with your partner. So when you do bring some crazy ideas in, they're like, let's try it. And if it doesn't work, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Jake, it's always a pleasure. We love having you on. And if you're listening and you want Jake to come back a third time, let us know what you want to talk about. And who knows where we'll be at that point when we do do this recording. Uh, But I always appreciate you coming on. I know you're a fan favorite. So thank you. And I'm sure we'll have you on again. Thank you very much. I love being here and uh, you're just a brightness in my life and I love it. So thank you. Thank you. Bye.